How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to show. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. So after being disappointed with the Kings' performance the last, or at least the end of it for that week, when the last um, time that we recorded and spoke about this team, they have seized opportunity and beaten the other two teams that they have played this week, and they should have, which is good, but they came through, and in a pretty devastating fashion for one of them. So I'm real excited right now. I am so happy about it. Um, I mean, the game against the Edmonton was amazing. Yeah. In terms of number of goals, uh, devastating is probably the exact word that you should be using. Um, But the game against the Avalanche was also devastating in that the Kings just looked better in every way against them. Yeah. Yeah, In terms of possession, in terms of like just everything about it. So that was also devastatingly wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it was just... Excellent all around. Good job, everyone. I was, when the Edmonton game was happening, I was um, sort of talking to somebody about it, and they were like, because I was like, man, the Kings have scored eight goals. The Los Angeles Kings have scored eight goals in a game. And uh, the person I was around was like, yeah, but it's the Oilers. And I was like, you understand. They play the Oilers five times a year, and like, still the Kings were what, like 26th in goals per or goals four per 60 or something like that last season. So this is still amazing. Um, it was they kind, managed to do this. It was kind of great because uh, during the first period, I was just like, Hey, they scored three goals. That's awesome. What a great start. Yeah. I'm glad they're coming back after that Chicago game. If only they can, you know, maintain this lead. You know, I'm sure the Oilers will get one, maybe two, whatever. It's fine. As long as they maintain you know, the lead just for the win. Three goals to nothing is a good start. And then the rest of the game happened, and I was like, oh, okay, no, this is amazing. Um, Yeah. And, uh, like, it was great, but also kind of sad that uh, at the end of the game, Jordan Eberle, one of his quotes was, they treated us like a junior hockey team. Oh, no. That's so unfortunate. And it's like, it's sad, but also stop playing like a junior hockey team. Yeah. Well, I mean, to the Oilers' credit, I will say that for much of it, they kept pace and shots on goal with the Kings. I think the Kings overall had better scoring chances, but it wasn't like the Oilers as a team necessarily let themselves down. Um, It was more that the goaltenders, like Ben Scrivens had a really bad night, and then the second guy was a guy who had never played in the NHL before. So um, it didn't have to be as bad as it was. Like Some of that was just good fortune for the Kings, but still, damn. (laughs) Bet Scrivens has been having, like, all you can really say is, like, quite a year. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been great for him. Uh, yeah, Tyler Buns should just be happy that he played in an NHL game. And the fact that everyone noticed him um, enough to make a ton of Buns puns. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I feel in some ways, like, people are like, oh, I feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for that guy. That was awesome. <laughs> he got to play the Stanley Cup champions and his name, um, Excited Kings fandom. I don't know if he appreciated all of those puns, but I personally think it's a good day when you can excite Kings fandom into being ridiculous on Twitter, and everybody was stoked. Um, we haven't seen this kind of fervor over a name since Lyndon Vay. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> and everyone made or Nick Shore, I guess, as well. Yeah, a little so bit. So it's it's really a um, a sign of our love and affection that we would care to make a pun of your name. Right, yeah. It's usually people who are actually on the Kings team, but now Tyler Munn's forever a part of Kings history in this way. Um, the only thing he should feel bad about is having his first goal allowed be scored by Robert Regeer. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) That's definitely something that you put on your resume. Oh, my goodness. And, like, he made that amazing stop on Jeff Carter, who tried to go five-hole, and it was like, damn, what a great move for, like, your first minute in in an NHL game. And then Robert Regeer, how did you let this happen? Tyler Barnes, please. (laughs) 
Robin Regeer has been sneakily uh, getting points, uh, whether it be goals or assists. Uh, yeah. And all you have to say is how are how are people letting this happen? Is Robin Regeer good now? No, he's not. That's hilarious. But <laughs> um, yeah, he's apparently taking the playoff push very seriously and uh, contributing uh, like quite significantly to the Kings scoring goals. So that's been to interesting. Be, or to, to keep it in perspective, his two assists that he got in the other game, I think, were both secondary assists. So it's not necessarily like suddenly Robin Regeer is driving play a bunch to help the Kings score goals, but it, the dude is. He's got three points in two games, including a goal. So that's pretty good for him. He is now, I think, only one point behind the number of points that he had last season. So maybe that's the other thing is apparently Robin Regeer was not playing to his full potential, which was 14 points with the Kings, but now he has 13. So he's almost on pace with himself. That's pretty, that's kind of great, actually. Um, (laughs) When, you know, when Sakara goes down, when your defenseman goes down, um, everyone has to come together and contribute to the team and Robin Regeer heard that and he's like my time is now and I'm gonna answer this call I'm gonna answer yeah taking care of business so as baffling as it may be um considering everything we know about Robin Regeer I will take it I am not going to look a gift horse in the mouth so I was curious though to stay on him for a second and I wanted I knew that in his best or should I say most productive season in the NHL he has had 26 points and it was 6 goals and 20 assists. He now has with the Kings this season 3 goals and 10 assists for 13 points. So he is literally half the man that he was in I think 2004-2005 was the season. Or it might have been 5-05. No, no, yeah. 2004-2005 was the lockout year. Sorry. Um, I think it was 05-06 that that happened. So it's been a long time, but Robert Regeer is um, trying to let us know that he's not done yet. <laughs> he's going to try to make it as high as he possibly can. So they've got four games left to the Kings. If he scores another two points somehow, he will at least break the record that he set for himself as a Kings player. So, you know, Robin Regeer, he's like, how dare you not call me a hero? I would love this so much, though. I find that (laughs) so funny because I feel like uh, it's been, what, nine years, I guess, uh, since his most productive season. And I'm like, is this like a weird, like, half-life? Like, what's the half-life of uh, a productive Robin Regeer? He's, (laughs) like, dwindling and dwindling and I don't know. Maybe he'll be all right. Yeah. Um, so I don't I, – I'm going to try not to get too much into, like, stats and stuff with the team. But because it's almost the end of the regular season, I have started to, like, look at numbers and see what sort of jumps out at me. So I will mention some things here and there. But um, I – it's kind of cool that actually the Kings, even if they do somehow in the next four games – manage not to rack up enough points to make the playoffs that this team is not one to be ashamed of they're actually very good and like we mentioned a little bit last week like it's going to be ridiculous during the summer if they don't make it and um people like try to come up with a bunch of narratives and stuff but honestly the thing that might have killed this team at least like from what i've looked at so far is um that unfortunate shootout record and you know, just the randomness of individual games. There are plenty of games that they probably should have won in regulation that, like, special teams let them down a little bit because they haven't slipped, really, as a team and their underlying numbers very much. So, um, Kings team's still good, still fun, and apparently even dudes like Robin or Gear trying to pull their weight to keep the team real good. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice if they had, you know, obviously scored those shootout winners or overtime winners, um, but once again, they're here to play catch up and they're doing all right. But uh, I, yeah, I really hope that it's not uh, like a case of the New Jersey Devils from last year where they missed the playoffs pretty much because they could not win a shootout to save their lives. Right. Yeah. I hope it's more what it seems like it could be is that at least they managed to get to overtime so that they racked, they still maintained enough points that it wasn't like a bunch of regulation losses that ended up biting them completely, but they still had just enough to make it in. I'm fine with that. They have been an eighth seed team before. (laughs) Um, So that's cool. I don't need them to win a division. I just want them to make it in. 
Yeah, I don't need everyone, <laughs> the Kings, to be taking weird games so seriously here at the end of the season when they've already clinched, like, a playoff spot trying to win a division title. Like, yeah. you know, a bajillion other teams in different divisions. Like the Blues and the Blackhawks, who went super hard in their game today, <laughs> even though I was like, this game doesn't actually matter for you either of you making the playoffs but if you want to win a division or if you're that set on avoiding each other's matchups or something weird that's fine i guess yeah that was kind of crazy so um i guess i'm glad the kings have something else to worry about (laughs) so their record right now is 39 25 and 12 and again i mentioned they have four games left this week um a back-to-back and then two then one more and then of course saturday the day that i think every team in the nhl is playing is the way they scheduled it um they will be playing the san jose sharks to bookend the season the way you know they open with the sharks they end with the sharks the sharks seem like they're pretty much out like they lost to the coyotes i believe um and that seemed to possibly be the thing that might wreck it for them we shall see but nevertheless we're going to see them one more time as kings fans um kobitar still points leader he has 63 but jeff carter is still not far behind he has 60 points and actually i want to point out jeff carter scored two goals and you know recently so now he only needs two more to get to 30 i really really hope that he does with how aggressively he's been playing um it I listen to a lot of things on the radio, and so um, it just it seems like he's always in front of the net. He's always trying to make a play, you know, shoot the puck, whatever. Obviously, that's what he does best. Um, with as many shots as he's just, like, peppering at these goalies as of late, I have no doubt that he is going to get those two goals and reach 30 this season. Like, none at all. I'm 100% sure he's going to make it. I really want him to. I feel like it's not... I I won't use the word underrated, but I don't know if that's quite what I mean. I just, I guess I mean more like because there are players who claim headlines a little bit more for the Kings, like he's never going to get the same kind of praise as Kopitar, which makes sense. He's not the same player. And I think people were so excited by young guys like Toffoli and even Pearson, you know, before he got injured, um, that people, we just, Jeff Carter has never really had the spotlight that he kind of deserves. I think he has had an amazing season. He has now hit 60 points. So that's the fourth time he has done that in his career, and the first time he's done that while part of the Kings team. Even in the shortened season, he was on pace for 56-ish, so he has been amazing. I mean, credit Tyler Toffoli, because again, we've talked about like the number of first assists that Toffoli has had. I think that Toffoli is probably the best line mate that Jeff Carter has had since coming to the Kings as far as like that second line makeup because of course he's played on the top line with Kopitar you can't get better than that but as far as like being on what is supposed to be a stable second line what they've been trying to go for I think Carter into Foley is finally like oh this is what we've been trying to make happen um and so right. that's helped Carter a lot but you know credit to him that dude works so hard to up his game every season with the Kings and he's done that so far yeah, I don't I don't know if I can say that he's been underrated. Um, I feel like everything in his past, for whatever reason, still holds more weight um, or weighs yeah. on people's mind. Like, oh, he was a, you know, toxic member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, Dry Island, Dry Island. But he's been phenomenal for the Kings. Like, I have no idea how we got him. You it's know, like crazy. <laughs> we gave up Jack Johnson and got Jeff Carter. Yeah, like that is that is highway robbery in everything that he's done. And you're absolutely right; he is definitely um, solidified his place on the Kings. He looks super confident on that second line, and to finally have like another playmaking partner in playmaking and goal scoring because both can do yeah. either thing very, very well. Um, to have another partner like that into Foley is phenomenal. It's a it's a wonder to see, um, especially when you just like look at it as well. As some people have said, like father and son, which we'll take a step back from, but <laughs> like a, a mentor and a like a mentee, someone who's had his time in the in the NHL, and then someone who's just kind of like figuring things out a little bit. Um, yeah, so it is awesome to see the two of them kind of kind of learn the team together, yeah. you know, um, because Jeff Carter is new and Tyler Toffoli, you know, was only called up fairly recently. 
and just kind of like solidify their place on that second line there. And it's been a wonder and a pleasure to watch. I think as a narrative too, like, I mean, you, you basically hit it on the head. And I think that's why like the jokes about father and son, it's kind of part of where that came from is just people recognizing that from the beginning, I remember, you know, when Toffoli got called up, they, and he was asked like, oh, what has management told you or whatever? And they, he was like, you know what, they told me to watch Jeff Carter, play like Jeff Carter. And I think um, at the same time, because at first Jeff Carter was still playing on the wing and they put Toffoli on the line with him and Mike Richards anyway. Um, and so I think right from the beginning, they always wanted Carter more than Richards to, like you said, be a mentor for Toffoli. And I think putting Jeff Carter in that role seems to have helped him continue to elevate his game because I, I mean, I don't want to say how he feels, but to me, what it kind of looks like is, you know, now he has a purpose that he didn't necessarily have before and he's living up to that. Like, oh, it's like, oh, I got to be an example for these, for Toffoli. And then of course, when Pearson came up and they were on a line together, him too. And it's not like Jeff Carter is crazy old. (laughs) They're not that far apart in age necessarily, but in terms of like experience and how to develop um, or how to take natural talent and keep developing it the right way, like Jeff Carter is a great example of that. And I think he has done a good job of helping Toffoli adapt on the ice and um, being a good example of how Toffoli should play for the Kings. And it's, yeah, it's been, it's great to watch that happen and to see that they actually have real chemistry. So I am in that way, like, good job, Kings management, recognizing that, oh, this is a thing that should happen. And then sticking with it and being able to see it actually develop the way they kind of drew it up, so to speak. And another thing that I kind of love about Jeff Carter is that um, early on, you know, he, Jim Fox is always like, he's a pure goal scorer, you know, and we all know that we have seen him play. Um, And he's had countless seasons where he's scored a ton of goals. And not that, I mean, obviously his uh, goal count has diminished, but... Mm -hmm. And it's not like he was defensively terrible before, but I love how now um, he's become a more, I guess, noticeable um, two-way player in terms of, you know, cleaning that aspect of his game up. So that's sort of another, um, like, good example of something that, you know, to, like, show to Foley and Pearson, especially since... Uh, they're on the Kings, and the Kings love defense. Um, just another way of being like, hey, you can score a ton of goals, but also not fuck shit up for everyone else. Yeah, and I think to both Carter and to Foley's um, credit is they don't – I feel like they've carved out a good way, even being on the Kings team, to show that you can take good offense and use it as good defense. Because I was pretty surprised looking at like Jeff Carter's like hero chart um, that he is actually still kind of lacking in in terms of um, shot suppression, which is a big part of the Kings system and their philosophy. But Jeff Carter and Toffoli, like they're in the offensive zone so much that it doesn't matter. So basically in that way, they're sort of, you know, the way people view someone like Jake Muzzin or other puck moving defensemen, it's like, oh, offense is their defense, but, and they do it really well. So it's not even just like they're getting away with being really good at offense. I think maybe that was why like during on the road you know after the kings went on that great or not the kings but the 70s line had that great stretch at the beginning of the season there was like that slump on the road and i think it was because they were forced into tougher situations because sutter didn't have the um line matching ability because they didn't have last change so they did struggle a little bit but um i think as the season has gone on, they've shown that, oh, okay, now we can adapt even when they're on, we're on the road. And obviously we saw that in the playoffs. Like, it doesn't matter as long as they have um, their offensive game and they're able to get on the attack. They sort of use that as their defense. And it works for them. Like, they're great and they're also fun and they score a bunch of goals. So it's interesting to see how someone like I think Jeff Carter has adapted what his strengths are to function even within the Kings team. So basically we're saying that we just adore Jeff Carter. Yeah, I, I he's great. I just and he's one of those guys like Kings fandom adores him, but even still, I feel almost like because it seems to be like like that one other guy just has the slightly bigger headline. He's never quite praised as much as he could be. I guess I should say. Um, but like looking at the season, like dude has sixty points. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's not discount uh, Jeff Carter's wonderful 
contribution to the king. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, you mentioned the Sakara was out, but I guess just sort of elaborate on that a little bit is that it was said that he is pretty much definitely out for the rest of the regular season. So if the Kings are going to make it to the playoffs, they have to do it without the guy they acquired at the deadline, which seems very unfortunate since, again, he was supposed to be the person who helped put them over the top. But now they got to go back to doing it without him. And that means Braden McNabb back in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a good chance for him. Uh, I hope that the Kings make the playoffs. Well, I mean, the Kings have gotten themselves into the situation, and Sakara was supposed to help them get into the playoffs, and I guess he has a bit in the games that he's played, but uh, the Kings will just have to do without, and hopefully they'll make the playoffs, and Sakara can come back and make um, an even bigger difference, you know, moving forward from there, and it won't be not a a waste of a trade, but, you know, it'll be a, a, a good thing to a good trade that they've done. So hopefully he'll have more, uh, you know, contributions in the playoffs. The good thing, the positive thing I will say is that even though Sakara is out, I think like Marion Gabrick, they will try to re-sign him. And also McNabb continues to, like, I don't think McNabb ever should have been taken out of the lineup, right? And he's he came back and he looks good, you know, pretty good still. So I think in the long run, like even though it puts a damper on things for the Kings right now, in the long run, I think it looks like two good pickups this season in Sakara and in, uh, I mean, they traded for McNabb last season, but in calling him up to the NHL this season, and he's had a little bit of time to develop, um, it could be really good for them next season, and they could have both guys in there. So that's good, even though right now things look kind of messy with Sakara being injured. But hopefully if the Kings do make the playoffs, they hang around long enough that he can come back. Um, but yeah, kind of an unfortunate thing to happen. Another person returned to the lineup, and that is Jared Stoll, who was previously out with concussion-like symptoms. They never actually said what he was out with, but it was a upper body injury. It was probably his head. Um, he's back, and he got a point in the Edmonton game. So as soon as he came back, he got a point, unfortunately, for Mike Richards' point totals. Uh, yeah, the fact that immediately he got a point made me sad for Mike Richards. Um, but it makes me happy for Jarrett Stoll because he also hasn't gotten a penalty. True. In the last two games. So more power to Jarrett Stoll if he wants to get points and not take dumb penalties. Mm-hmm. I dig it. I'm glad he's back in. <laughs> yeah, and they took Mike Richards out of the lineup, which unfortunate for Mike Richards. But at the same time, I like them giving... Nick Shore an opportunity to get as much time on the ice as he can because if they make the playoffs I think they are hoping for and possibly just straight up expecting that kid to really step up the way that Tyler Defoley and Tanner Pearson did. I mean I think Nick Shore will continue to be a depth player but he's gonna need to be ready for the playoffs so I like that they left him in to give him that extra time to adjust and prepare for that possibility. Uh, poor Mike Richards, though. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Oh, because the other thing I was thinking um, a little earlier with, like, how the hell did the Kings get Jeff Carter? And, like, why has Jeff Carter always been undervalued? The answer to that question is Mike Richards. Because Mike Richards was so impressive to people in Philadelphia that Jeff Carter never really compared. Like, people liked him when he was scoring goals or whatever. But I think his all-around game was just never appreciated the same way. Not by management. I don't know if that extends to fans as much but definitely not my the management in Philadelphia so because Jeff Carter always sort of standing in Mike Richards shadow like it's only now that Mike Richards has maybe put too many miles on his body early that people are like wait a second Jeff Carter's dope (laughs) and the Kings are like yeah we picked him up for you know Jack Johnson and people were sad when Jack Johnson was traded (laughs) so what a life um, I know that you meant it metaphorically in terms of standing in a shadow, but I couldn't help but think of, like, I'm like, no, he can't stand in Mike Richards' shadow. Like, Mike Richards is little. <laughs> that doesn't work out at all. You would have to crouch down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Jeff Carter's sitting on the ground just so Mike's shadow <laughs> can cover all of him. Aw, what a friend. <laughs> Uh, but you know yeah because of that and to be fair like those dudes are close so I don't even think there's like I mean I'm sure Mike Richards is frustrated by his own career but I also think Mike Richards is probably the person 
of NHL players, he was the most proud of Jeff Carter. So, oh, most most definitely, and I'm sure he's like given Tyler Toffoli a little like handmade booklet that says the care and keeping of Jeff Carter. Um, it's true as like a line mate and a friend and so on and so forth so I'm sure everything's fine that's how Toffoli knows that he has really made it he's got the real responsibility now more special teams time from Daryl Sutter and the care of Jeff Carter book from Mike Richards yep you have to take care of him now it's your turn well that's amazing yeah think about that for a little while (laughs) (laughs) I think, oh, there was some good news, speaking of that second line. Uh, Tanner Pearson extended for two years, so that was good to find out. It's um, $1.4 million per, so a nice little bridge contract, and then hopefully the Kings can do some damage in the playoffs a couple more times, and then him and Toffoli, because they still got to sign Toffoli and Martin Jones, who are also RFAs. Hopefully, two years, those people will have helped the Kings win some more things. Hopefully, hopefully. And then they get larger contracts. But for the next two years, Tanner Pearson in there. But as always, every time a new Kings player signs, we're like, well, what will happen to Justin Williams? But I I feel like we've already talked about that enough. I just felt like we need to mention that one more time. Yeah. (laughs) Just knowing that that's like in the back of our minds. You're right. Like, literally, that's kind of my first thought. Like, when I saw that news, I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I was like, okay, but what about Justin Williams? (laughs) What about it, though? Because at least with, like, Tanner Pearson and Tyler Toffoli and Martin Jones, they're they're RFAs. Like, the Kings have their rights. So, yeah, they need to sign them. But also, it's not like those guys have a whole lot of choices anyway. Um, Justin Williams, UFA. So I'm like, where is his money at? Can you please tell me about it? That's what we got to look for in the summer. But um, in the meantime, Tanner Pearson, that, you know, check that off the list for the Kings. They got that done. It's kind of awesome in that it it feels definitely like a vote of confidence in since they are an RFA, but we're still signed, you know, now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a nice like little vote of confidence that, you know, that they want them that the management wants Tanner Pearson and, you know, Toffoli and probably Jones to stick around and stay for a while and are investing, like, time and money into it. So that is kind of nice. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you think about a um, sort of similar situation is, like, last season with Tory Krug and Riley Smith in Boston, like, it took them a while to actually get those deals done. And they eventually did, and there was never any, like, they might leave kind of thing. They didn't really have a choice anyway, but it didn't even seem like there were any sort of bad blood kind of things happening there. But it did take a while to get it done, and part of that is just because Boston has, like, no money um, as far as cap space and stuff. Um, But still, the Kings don't, or they try not to get to that point. Of course, that happened with Dowdy years ago. But um, other than that, really, they they try to avoid those situations. So get the deals done early, lock people in. And they have done that with Tanner Pearson. And I have heard from a couple people that Jones is actually probably next. And they continue to talk with Tyler Toffoli's people, I guess, to make that happen. So the Kings have now the last four games are all against teams in their division, as is generally what happens with them. Um, Monday night, they play the Canucks. And then the very next night, Tuesday night, they play the Edmonton Oilers again. Thursday, they play the Flames, which could be a pretty big game in the standings if these two teams continue to basically be hovering right around each other. And it seems like that is totally what is going to happen. So that Thursday game could be pretty huge. And then, like we said, the Kings close out against the San Jose Sharks. We actually did pretty good on their road trip predicting that. So, I mean, kind of anyway. So I say, what do you think about these last four games? When we record again next Sunday or something, do you think the Kings will be in the playoffs? I think the Kings will be in the playoffs. Um, I think they will have won three games out of four. That's all I got. Ooh, which game do you think they lose? Honestly, the Canucks. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. I think I'm, I'm, I don't know if they will lose against the Oilers. I don't think they would do that to themselves at this point in the season, but that's probably the game I'm worried about. Um, I think they can beat the Flames. I think they should have beat the Flames at least twice already this season, For but they just squandered um, a bunch of opportunities. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I think they're in the playoffs as well. I hope that the next time we record, we are right about that. Don't screw it up kings and um that then i'm excited for the postseason it's kind of weird like having them wait for so long because it's like we can't even plan ahead really 
<laughs> but but they have a pretty easy schedule. I mean, luckily the Pacific Division has been kind of a mess, so they continue to control their own destiny. They have made good on their first two opportunities to keep pace and points. They just got to keep it up, and I think they can. They're a good team. Um, actually, Saturday was extremely frustrating for me just because um, the fact that the the Jets won, the Flames won, and the Kings won. I'm like, okay, so everything is exactly exactly the same. same. Pretty <laughs> yeah. much. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Like not even like a one point, you know, or anything like that uh ahead. But no, it's pretty much exactly the same. So um that's kind of not great. Yeah. This week I think is gonna be pretty agonizing. An agonizing end to a fairly agonizing King season, I think. It's been a struggle to get through this whole thing. But um So it's yeah, very it's, gonna... it's a very fitting season then. It's a very fitting uh, narrative for the Kings. An agonizing Absolutely. season. Yep. Followed <laughs> book ended by the an agonizing week. <laughs> they wouldn't do it any other way. That's like that's what you all get for looking ahead to the playoffs. How dare you? Don't ever do that again. And you know what? I've learned my lesson. I'll never do it. <laughs> what, what, what do you think it's like, you know, knowing that you're going to be in the playoffs for like two weeks? I don't know. Like, I mean, it hasn't ended the way they like for Ducks fans. So I feel like that feeling of relaxation only goes so far. But for like the last three seasons now, they have been just coasted at the end of the regular season like oh we have a bunch of points so it's fine I don't know that seems awesome (laughs) it seems really relaxing to just basically be able to take a break emotionally in you know late March early April and then reinvest yourself sounds cool yeah that'd be great to like watch games where it doesn't really matter so you can laugh at how terrible your team is but know that (laughs) that's not gonna like affect them in any way yeah, that w- that's the life. That sounds nice. Speaking of, apparently Penguins fans are starting to get a little taste of that because they have, they've struggled a little. They've slumped a little recently. And apparently I saw someone on Twitter say and then didn't verify it. So I don't know if this is right, but this is what I read was they have only won 15 games in regulation out of their last, I think, 46. So they started out amazingly strong in the first half of the season and have gotten shakier and shakier. Some of that is due to injuries and some of that is just due to poor luck. I don't think they're a bad team. I just think like in their game against the Flyers today, they dominated. But as they do with the Flyers, let the Flyers get under their skin and then ended up losing. But it's interesting now because they are in a wild card spot. Ottawa, I think, is within one point of them, them and Boston. So it could be interesting. I don't think the Penguins will slip out of the playoffs, but it, it's like the reverse where it's like, oh, we thought we could coast because this team started out so well. And now we're a little bit scared. I kind of loved all of the um, Pittsburgh freaking out that was happening on Twitter. It was especially in the game against the uh, the Blue Jackets. Yeah. When the penguins lost to the blue jackets but i think someone um made a tweet that was just like oh yeah that just dropped their playoff like chances oh you know half a percent or something like that so like everyone calm down right yeah like when you look at all the numbers the penguins are probably gonna make it they're the better team between the senators and um some of those other teams that are right around there they don't have anything to worry about really unless bad luck just gets the best of them and by some magic they fall out um but it's technically a possibility i don't think it's a real possibility but it would be interesting to see and it's kind of nice to see um another team sort of go through those motions of frustration rather than just Kings fans because it's like why is this happening you're so good this shouldn't be happening to us I saw like an immediate headline on a recap of that Flyers game that was straight up just like in all caps do these penguins even care and I was like oh my god (laughs) was this written by a Kings fan (laughs) that's what it feels like a Kings fan like a month ago you know like (laughs) do you even care why are you currently on an eight game losing streak there are the playoffs (laughs) coming up yeah so it's nice to see other people panic even though i know it's painful for penguins fans but i don't think they really have anything to worry about so it's fine uh yeah and it probably didn't help that they just won or they that they just lost against the flyers because those games are always hilarious as hell but yeah that's always fun even though it doesn't once again it's a game that doesn't really matter i mean the pittsburgh could obviously or the pittsburgh the penguins could obviously use the points but i mean who really cares about the flyers 
the Flyers are so bad. I think that's so apparently the Flyers have now beaten the Penguins eight consecutive times. And not to turn this into a Penguins Flyers podcast for a second, but I just find it fascinating because the Flyers are bad. <laughs> but for some reason, the they always manage to get under the Penguin skin in the same way. And it's crazy to me how the Penguins can know this. Like a lot of those players have been there for a while and they still get riled up and let the Flyers somehow luck into winning because they fall for the same tricks every time. And it's actually... Part of what um, what I was telling somebody else was it, it was part of what annoyed me about the last Kings Canucks game because I feel like the Kings have actually done a really good job since 2012 of not falling for that from the Canucks even like last season when the Canucks were like we're just gonna goon it up as much as possible the Kings didn't really respond so like that that last game where the Kings lost their composure I was like could y'all chill out because you know better than this yeah that that's actually exactly what I was thinking of in terms of teams doing better or not like um i guess falling for their tricks is essentially what you just said um and the the penguins just seem to lose their cool every single time against the flyers it's and amazing it's it's ridiculous it's like does isn't there anyone on the penguins that's just like hey guys we're playing the flyers everyone just chill out like take a Zan- take a xanax and just don't worry about someone poking and prodding at you or yelling at you because we know that they do this. They do this every time. Other teams do this to us, and we're fine. But for whatever reason, the Flyers are just, they're a kryptonite. I would, like, if it was me, if I was the Penguins collectively, I would just be like, we're so awesome. They're so bad. <laughs> Why would you even sweat it? <laughs> like, that's how I felt about, like, the Kings last year, and I was so proud of them for not giving in to the Canucks, just trying to, like, bait them into fights. I loved in that forget I think it was one of the ones in the middle of the season where it was like they got like finally Dustin Brown fought with one of them in like the second period and afterwards Kevin Bieksa or somebody was like oh we're glad that he finally fought because he kept kind of avoiding it it's like yeah you fucking should you know why because the Kings are a better team than you he shouldn't have to stoop to your level Dustin Brown should not have to fight you loser that's how I feel (laughs) stop fighting losers you're better just accept it own it bask in it and win all your games there's no reason the Flyers should have beaten the Penguins eight times now just laugh in their faces and then walk away that's kind of all you have to do yeah that's what you need everybody just like absorb that Brendan Gallagher manic smile (laughs) laugh at your still um, one of my most favorite things ever oh god (laughs) I adore, I really do adore Brenton Gallagher for being a maniac and just grinning his heart out at everyone, um, <laughs> whether he's doing something great or doing something kind of shitty. Um, it's fantastic. That is one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. I feel like that's what people what annoys other teams about like Drew Doughty too on the ice is because he'll he's the same way. You push him over, he'll pop up and like smile and other people hate that. I mean, the other thing is like Doughty will lose his temper at people on the ice. Like if he thinks he's like gotten a call that's not fair or something like that, dude will freak out and throw a tantrum. But when it comes to people trying to bait him in that way, I think a lot of times he he will also just turn around and be like grinning at them, like I'm having the time of my life. And I feel like that's kind of how players should be when they are as good as he is. Or, you know, if you're another player who is good as someone like him or um, like if I'm Sidney Crosby, that dude, of course, is so serious all the time. <laughs> but if I was him, I'd be like, I'm the best in the world and like smiling at everybody constantly. I don't even need to talk to you. Drew, who are you? You're not even dirt on my shoe. Get away from me. Let me score, like, three goals in this one game, please. Um, that's what I love about that one gif of Drew Doughty just, like, smiling and being like, I'm going to hip check the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. doesn't care at all. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got to be. So I, I feel like that's in general. So good job to the Kings for, for growing and not generally falling into it, which makes it disappointing when you, you can tell that a team has gotten to them. But I think other teams need to figure that out as well. When, when you, Especially when your rival is bad. Like, the Blues and the Blackhawks makes a little more sense to me because even though the Blues have no luck in the postseason, like, during the regular season, they're both really good teams, right? So I can see that being a real rivalry. I can see up until maybe this season where the Sharks kind of sabotage themselves, like the Kings and the Sharks hating each other and whatnot because they're both... Both very good teams trying to be the best in their division. 
Penguins and Flyers, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> One of those teams is bad now. <laughs> Stop falling for it. <laughs> um, get it together. Yeah, you don't have to stick with tradition forever. You know, like, I'm sure when there was a point when Boston was bad and the Canadians were good and the Canadians were bad and Boston was good and it was kind of like, okay, well, there's still uh, rivalry, but not as crazy as the Penguins and the Flyers are making it out to be right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chill out. Chill out, guys. I mean, so a thing about that, though, is it's kind of interesting that now the Penguins sort of feel like their last few games matter because technically they could slip out of the playoffs. It probably won't happen. So, um, But the Kings are also in that situation, which is, you know, they slumped really hard in the middle of the season, and now they have to win these games. And one problem a couple people have started to point out is that maybe – Jonathan Quick has played too many games if they expect to make the playoffs and then Sutter again pretty much ride him down however far they go. Um, Has he played too much? Which I think is an interesting question because maybe, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's like a Sutter thing or maybe like a Quick thing, but they have a perfectly good goalie in Martin Jones and it's kind of crazy to see that, you know, Jonathan Quick has played a bunch of back-to-backs, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. He's been on the ice when he, I don't, there's just never been a game off for him, for the most part. Uh, So yeah, it's kind of strange that Martin Jones has played as little as he he has. Um, I know that there was mention of why is Jonathan Jonathan Quick still in the game during that Edmonton game. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a, to like, give him some rest. But uh, Jim Fox is also talking about, like, that's kind of disrespectful as well, being like, ah, we've done enough goals. We're going to take our goalie off and uh, just put in, you know, our backup. No big deal. You guys aren't going to do anything. Right. So, I mean, that was fine. But in every other game, there's definitely been times in games that don't matter, maybe, um, in games where it would have been nice for just, like, in the middle of a long road trip or something like that for Jonathan Quick just to kind of get a rest. He's been out there playing, so that's been kind of strange. I don't think that it's going to wear him out. I think we all know that playoff Jonathan Quick is very different um, and is pretty resilient, so I don't think that's going to be too much of a problem. But, yeah, it's kind of strange that he's been playing as much as he has. I'm a little torn because on the one hand, like, Yes, the Kings have put themselves in a situation where they have to win games. So when you're in that situation in order to make the playoffs, I agree that you have to play Jonathan Quick. You have to play him. So, okay. But into the postseason, last postseason, Quick slipped a little bit. And in both of the Kings' really deep playoff runs, he ended up getting injured and playing through it. And so I think... They've gotten really lucky, too, and, I mean, like any playoff team does, especially any team that goes as far as winning the Stanley Cup. And um, But it's also kind of like, I don't know what else they could do. I mean, Jonathan Quick has played in, not started, but played in 69 games this season. Um, and the most that he has played in in a season is, it was the 2009-2010 season, I think, where he played 72 regular season games. And that was back when the Kings were still trying to figure out who their starter was and who their backup was. And then Jonathan Quick emerged as somebody who was at least consistent. So they were like, all right, play him all the time. And Sutter is known for playing his goalies a lot and whatnot. But I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing to do here. I think, unfortunately, though, they have, because they lost lost so much earlier in the season, they just don't at least seem to feel like they have that much flexibility. But I think Martin Jones is solid enough that they could put him or they could have put him in for more games than they did. And unfortunately, now they're in a bind. And I hope that if the Kings do make the playoffs and it seems like they're putting together a run that Quick isn't tired or at least more prone to possible injury because of the fact that he's played so much. Yeah, I mean, after a few of the Kings losing streaks, Um, You would think that they would kind of maybe plan ahead a little, being like, well, you know, we may not win a bunch of these games. We're putting ourselves further away from a playoff spot, you know, kind of thinking ahead and just be like, well, let's put Jones in because we may, it may come down to the wire as it's historically been for the Kings. Um, And we may need Quick to be on top of his game um, for the very, for like that playoff push, like for sure. We're going to need him for the last, you know, month. And you would think that Jones would have played more games, but yeah, I'm hoping that Jonathan Quick doesn't just break, essentially. He's had surgeries, he's had injuries, and 
he's he's just a little bit more fragile, so I'm slightly worried about that. But especially with these like must win situations, you know that he's going to be playing his heart out for it. Right. So, um, yeah, that's slightly worrying. I just wish they had managed their goaltenders a little better earlier in the season. I understand at the time for some of it why they didn't, but in general, I I think they just should have because now they've put themselves into a tough situation. Like basically. Quick has played 69 games. They have four left. If he plays all four, he will break his record for most uh, games played in a regular season. I think he's already set a record for consecutive starts this season. I think twice. He set one and then he broke it <laughs> um, <laughs> within the same season. So the dude is playing so much. And even if he, because it's a back-to-back, even if he gets one of those games off, he still has the potential to tie for the the most number of games he's played in a regular season. And I just don't necessarily think it's a good thing, especially if you're expecting to make a deep playoff run. And I'm pretty sure in 09-10, um, they exited in the first round. I don't, I don't have to check. Um, but clearly they didn't go very far. So uh, be careful, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate that this is sort of an added burden of like, all right, you finally made it. Now you have to hopefully play for two more months. I just can imagine you yelling like, this is precious cargo and just like, <laughs> protect him, save him. That's what I would do to so many players though. I just want to make sure everybody is as rested as possible, treated, you know, as healthy as possible. Um, and and I think they've done a overall pretty good job with their players. Like, because like even um, like Dowdy was playing a bunch of minutes earlier and now it's, He's been managed a little more, especially down the stretch some, so he's not necessarily playing a half an hour every night, but um, still, there are some weak points, and I think um, goaltending is one of them, unfortunately, but we'll see. Hopefully they make the playoffs and then get lucky (laughs) and make it, you know, go at least a couple rounds. That sounds good to me. Let's spend some money on playoff tickets. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, I think that is pretty much it for what we have this week. Um, again, I think next week, once we know exactly the fate of the Kings for the regular season, we will still talk about the season in general and how they performed. I will say it looks pretty good. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, it looks pretty good um, as far as like top level. The Kings, just to put it in perspective a little bit, something to look forward to. I was looking at like goals for... We love to talk about, especially like last season, we talked about the Kings not scoring goals or whatever because it was true. They were 26th in goals for per 60 uh, with just slightly over two goals, but they still had a goals for percentage of 55.6 because, again, they were the team that had the fewest goals allowed per 60. Um, this season, we know that they've had the fluctuation on defense and they've had, uh, you know, a couple new guys come in. So they have been a little weaker there and they've allowed a few more goals because both Quick and Martin Jones slumped in like the December, January portion. And, um, so now they are, they have a goals against per 60 of 1.92 up from, I think 1.62 or 1.63 ish, but that's still, they went from first to fourth. Not bad. And goals four. We cannot talk shit about the Kings goal scoring this season because um, that's five on five, by the way, the 1.92. Again, at five on five, they have been scoring 2.37 goals per 60. Goals four. That's 10th in the league. That's 10th. That's not even straight up average. That's above the median, right? (laughs) So they've been really good. I mean, from 26th to 10th in the league. And so the Kings are... just slightly worse as far as like the goal scoring um their goals for percentage last year again was 55.6 so far this year they still have four games left it's 55.2 this team is still awesome guys the kings are awesome (laughs) it's kind of funny how uh earlier in the season we were kind of laughing because of like the small sample size laughing at everyone's shooting percentage um, and how high it was but they've actually they haven't dropped as much as we thought that they would um, because they've actually been scoring goals. So color us uh, delighted and surprised. 
Yeah. I mean, like, we talk about, like, the Kings never seem to have anybody who makes that first page of stats of, like, crazy goals and crazy points, really, except for by the end of the season, Kopitar has usually found his way up there. But they never have any people who are just juggernauts from the beginning. They never quite have those people. But they still have scoring pretty evenly in the way that they need to for a first line and second line, third line, fourth line when you look at it. It's just all spread out, and they don't allow very much. They are, I think right now, and this is like not score adjusted or weighted or anything, but right now I think they are the second best um, shot suppression team. Detroit is a little better. So, yeah, that I don't. it's a good team. They're really well balanced. They have bad luck sometimes when things don't connect. They, we've talked about how they can't seem to get all the pieces to fit together and act right game by game the way they need to. And that's how they end up in these weird situations at the end of the season. But still, overall, fundamentally, is a really strong system, really strong team. I think one to be proud of whether they make it or not. But I also think they could totally make it. I think they can make it. We're, they've won the last two games pretty damn well. Um, and we got high hopes for them. Mm-hmm. We hope to be talking to you next week and um, having some playoff predictions about how well they'll do. Hell um, yeah. And be very excited about that. So, And yeah. maybe they've got four games. Maybe Jeff Carter will, will score two more goals. Come on, 30 goals. Trevor maybe, Lewis, score your 10th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trevor Lewis, for the love of America, score <laughs> your 10th goal. Eight goals in the game against Edmonton, and not one of them belonged to Trevor Lewis. I was literally, like, I was staring at the box sheet. I was like, how has this not happened? Robin Regeer has a goal. (laughs) Trevor Lewis, what are you doing? Torture. Torture. So, yeah, hopefully some people reach some milestones in the next four games, and the Kings are in the playoffs, and we could be so happy. Um... And and we never have to be sad, <laughs> or at least until they don't win the Stanley Cup. But maybe they'll take us all away again. We don't know. Anything could happen. Um, but yeah, I think that's what we have. So, um, any parting words from you? Uh, no, just that I hope that we can celebrate next week. Same. All right, so... You know the spiel. Follow us on Twitter. We are at ThanksBud, T-H-X-B-U-D. Individually, I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Fan. If you want to email us, we are chirp at ThanksBud. The Kings have at least one more home game that you go to. So um, TicketMonster.com, we are partnered with them. You go to our schedule page, click on the game. You can go, if you're on the road, see them there as well. That's pretty cool. Um, Otherwise, we will talk to you next week. Take care of yourselves. Thanks, as always, for listening. Goodbye, friends. Bye, everyone.